Section 32 of The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Vandervis. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1, Mammals, by Charles Lewis Cornish, Editor. The mouse tribe, the hamsters, the voles, the typical rats and mice, the bandicoots, the gophers, the gerboas, the springhouse, and the jumping mice. The mouse tribe. This family, which includes the mice, rats, and voles, contains more than a third of the number of the whole order of rodents. Some are arboreal, others aquatic but most are ground-living animals and burrowers. The number of known species has been estimated at 330. Among the most marked types are the water mice of Australia and New Guinea and of the islands of Luzon in the Philippines. The feet of the Australian species are webbed, though those of the Philippine form are not. The gerbils form another group, mainly inhabitants of desert districts. They have very large eyes, soft fur, and tails of various length and form in different species. They have greatly developed hind legs and leap like gerboas and are found in southern Europe, Asia, and Africa. The Philippine rats, large and long-haired, and the tree mice of Africa south of the Sahara form other groups. A very mischievous race of rodents is represented in Europe by the hamsters and in the New World by a closely allied group, the white-footed mice. The hamsters. The hamster is a well-known European species and represents the group of pouched rats. These creatures have cheek pouches to aid them in carrying food. In addition, they are the most voracious and inquisitive, so that the hamster is a type throughout Central Europe of selfishness and greed. We are sorry to add that John Bull occasionally appears in German cartoons as the land hamster or land grabber. Hamsters are numerous from the Elbe to the Obi. They burrow and make cellars in the corn and bean fields and convey thither as much as a bushel of grain. As soon as the young hamsters can shift for themselves, each moves off, making a separate burrow, and begins to hoard beans and corn. As the litter sometimes contains 18 young, the mischief done by the hamster is great. Its coloration is peculiar. The fur, which is so thick as to be used for the linings of coats, is a light yellowish-brown above. A yellow spot marks each cheek. The lower surface of the body, the legs, and a band of the forehead are black, and the feet are white. Thus the hamster reverses the usual natural order of color in mammals, which tends to be dark on the back and light below. The animal is 10 inches long and very courageous. Hamsters have been known to seize a horse by the nose which stepped on their burrow, and at all times they are ready to defend their home. Besides vegetables and corn, they destroy smaller animals. They spend the winter in a more or less torpid state in their burrows, but emerge in early spring. They then make their summer burrows and produce their young, which in a fortnight after birth are able to begin to make a burrow for themselves. 
Among the South American members of the group to which the hamster belongs are the fish-eating rats with webbed hind feet, the rice rat, which is found from the United States to Ecuador, living on the Texas prairies much as do the prairie marmots, though its burrows are not so extensive and often quite shallow. In these, the rats make a bed of dry grass. The voles. The voles are allied to the preceding groups, but are marked externally by a shorter and heavier form than the typical rats and mice. Their ears are shorter, their noses blunter, their eyes smaller, and their tails generally shorter. They are found in great numbers at certain seasons when they often develop into a pest. The short-tailed field vole is responsible for much destruction of crops in Europe. One of the latest plagues of these animals took place in the lowlands of Scotland, where these voles devoured all of the higher pastures on the hills. Nearly at the same time, a similar plague occurred in the Turkish Epirius. When an English commissioner was sent to inquire into the remedies, if any existed, therein to use, he found that the Turks were importing holy water from Mecca to sprinkle on the fields affected. The bank vole is a small English species, replaced on the continent by the southern field vole. The water rat belongs to the vole group. It is one of the most commonly seen of all our English mammals, probably, except for the rabbit, the most familiar. Although not entirely nocturnal, it prefers the darkness of twilight. But whenever the visitor to the waterside keeps still, the water rats will allow him to watch them. The writer has had a rather extensive acquaintance with these cousins of the beavers, and while watching them has never ceased to be struck with their close resemblance to those creatures. At Holcomb Lake in Norfolk, he noticed a willow bush in which a number of twigs had been gnawed off, and then saw the missing sticks lying neatly peeled, just like beaver would, in the water below. Waiting quietly, he noticed a water rat climb into the bush, gnaw off a willow twig, descend with it to the edge of the water, and there, sitting on some crossed boughs, peel and eat the bark, just as the beaver does. By the Thames, a sound is often heard in the round reeds as of something tearing or biting them. It is made by the water rats getting their supper. The rat cuts off three or four sedges and makes a rough platform. It then cuts down a piece of one of the large round reeds full of pith, and holding it in its hands, seizes the bark with its teeth and shreds it up the stem, peeling it from end to end. This exposes the white pith, which the rat then eats. Water rats have been seen to swim out and pick up acacia blossoms floating on the water. When swimming underwater, each hair is tipped with a little bubble, which makes the rat look like quicksilver. When it comes out, the rat shakes itself with a kind of shiver, throwing all the water off of its coat. Though so good a swimmer, its feet are not webbed. It is found from Scotland to the Bering Sea, but not in Ireland. In the far north, the lemming takes the place of the voles. It is a very small, short-tailed creature like a diminutive prairie dog. Like the voles, lemmings have a season of immoderate increase. They then migrate in enormous flocks and are said never to stop till they reach the sea into which they plunge. It is believed that they are following an inherited instinct and that where there is now sea there was once land over which they passed onwards.
the muskrat inhabits the same waters as the beaver of north america it makes a house generally of reeds piled in a mound in the lakes and swamps the body is only 12 inches long and the fur is thick and close and much used for lining of coats and cloaks the vast chains of rivers and lakes in canada make that country the favorite home of the muskrat this creature lives upon the roots of aquatic plants freshwater mussels and stems of juicy herbs besides making the domed houses of grass reeds and mud it also burrows into the banks of streams there it makes rather an elaborate home with numerous passages leading to the water the odor of musk is very strong even in the skin the tail is narrow and almost naked this species is the largest of the vole group the typical rats and mice these animals were originally an old world group though the brown rat is now common in america it is believed to have come originally from china a very large number of animals are now almost dependent on man and his belongings. Such creatures are said to be common salicistic, or eaters at the same table. They are often very unwelcome guests, whether they are flies, sparrows, or cockroaches, but probably the least welcome of all is the rats and mice. The brown rat is the best known of any. It has come into worse repute than usual of late, because it is now certain that it harbors the plague bacillus and communicates the disease to man. Its habits and appearance need no description. The black rat is an older and smaller species indigenous in Europe, which the brown rat has almost extirpated from England. A few old houses still hold the black rat, and there are always a few wild ones at the zoological gardens, which feed in the animals' houses. The black and white rat, not the albino white rat, kept tame in this country is probably a domesticated form of the Alexandrine rat of Egypt. The house mouse is now found in all parts of the world to which Europeans have access. In England, its main home is in the corn ricks, where the farmers to thresh the grain as is done in the United States as soon as it is cut, mice would be far less common. Besides these parasitic mice, there are a host of field and forest mice in this and other countries. One of the best-known English species is the harvest mouse, which makes a globular nest of grass in the wheat fields attached to the stems of corn or weeds. In this, the young are born. In winter, the mouse lives in holes and banks and lays up a store of kernels and grain. The wood mouse is larger than the former, or than the house mouse. It is a yellowish-brown in color, lays up a great store of winter food, and is itself the favorite prey of the weasel. The Bandicoots A very mischievous class of rats is represented by the various species of bandicoot. They are found throughout southern Asia as far as Ceylon, and in Kashmir and Turkestan. The Bandicoot Rat of India is large and destructive species, which is sometimes brought to the London docks and ships but has not spread into the country. Other murine rodents. Among the numerous other rodents allied in the rat group are the mole rats with short mole-like bodies. The largest is the great mole rat found in southeastern Europe, 
Southwestern Asia, and Northeastern Africa. It is a subterranean creature, burrowing for food like a mole. The bamboo rats have minute eyes, small external ears, and a short tail partially covered with hair. In Somaliland, a small, almost naked sand rat is found, which burrows in the sands of the desert, throwing up little heaps like molehills. The gophers. In North and Central America, the pocket gophers form a curious group of small rodents with cheek pouches opening on the outside. They spend their entire existence underground and are said to use their incisor teeth as picks to open the hard earth in their tunnels. They push the loosened soil out by pressing it with their chests and forefeet. When a gopher has eaten enough to satisfy the immediate calls of hunger, it stores all spare food away in the large cheek pouches. When gophers desire to empty the pouches, they pass their feet along their cheeks from behind and press the food forwards onto the ground. The Jerboas, the Springhouse, and Jumping Mice The hopping rodents have an immense range from southern Europe through Africa, Arabia, India, and Ceylon, and even in the New World, where the American jumping mouse is found throughout the northern part of the continent. The latter is only three inches long. The true jerboas are mainly found in Africa. All these, when excited, move like kangaroos. Their main home is the Central Asian steppe region, but they are found in Egypt, India, Syria, and Arabia. The hind legs are much elongated, the forelegs very small, and the body usually of a sandy color. The American jumping mouse, though a very small creature, can cover from three to five feet in each leap. It inhabits the beech and hardwood forests. In winter, it makes a globular nest about six inches under the surface of the ground. The Cape Jumping Hare forms a family by itself with no near allies. It is of a tawny brown color, becoming almost pure white below. The tail is long and carried upright as the animal leaps. The head and body are nearly two feet long and the tail 20 inches. It is found both in the plains and mountains of South Africa, where it makes deep burrows in which several families live. It is mainly nocturnal. End of section 32. Recording by Diana Vandervis, Winnipeg, Canada.